Hi there, it's Richard at Grassroots. I know, the podcast is formally resuming on August the 6th. But I thought you might like to hear excerpts from what's on tap for the first three shows in August. First, you'll hear Dave Leger in episode 19. I call it Unpacking a Coach's Suitcase. Episodes 20 and 21 are are with my good pal in Calgary, Dean Holden. Episode 20 will be about process versus outcomes coaching. In episode 21, we discuss what came to be known as the law of the hammer. If all you have is a hammer, then everything looks like a nail. Enjoy these bits from two outstanding coaches. See you on August the 6th. What did you learn from those experiences in in Japan about coaching? Uh, Once again, um, I mean, just the capacity for the Japanese players to absorb constructive feedback. It was amazing to me. I mean, I think all of us joke that where we have to perform video duties with North American players, and we always joke that it's a five-minute threshold that a North American player can stand to look at video Japanese players love to learn on video so you and you could be you could be as critical and constructive as you as you would they would watch it you know for 25 30 minutes that they had an insatiable appetite to learn and you can be spoiled by that pretty quickly well as coaches I mean it was yes I mean I remember speaking to some of the imports that were playing on some of the Korean teams and again they were echoing the same things just how you know, even the, the Korean players loved to get feedback and didn't mind it from coaches. And so I, I was sheltered a little bit in that experience because, yes, I was giving feedback continuously to players and, and they absorbed it and they took it. And, yeah, it was good. It was a good technical time for me, that's for sure. Uh, a lot of that would be a cultural difference, though, between, you know, the East and the West, would you would you say? Yeah, different different times in the Japanese season, thing it would flare up. So, Japanese culturally, and um, they're very reserved people for the most part. They don't emote the way a North American would. And we had occasions in practice where the North American players would, you know, one guy was upset with himself, slammed a stick on the ice, it didn't break, and he threw it into the stands. And the Japanese players were kind of aghast at that. And they wouldn't react well to any physical altercations in practice. And I'm not saying, not fighting, but but just the battles one-on-one. They would battle, but it would never allow it to escalate beyond anything just confined to the play. They didn't and take so, it personally. No, and... and, and uh, Whereas in North America, at times you can see those instances happen in practice and they're finished and extinguished after the practice is over. But yes. that was a little bit shocking for me to just watch how Japanese players would react to that. But, you know, I, I, I always have gone to countries, Richard, and maybe this, this is a global answer for you, but I always know that I'm a guest when it comes to the cultural parts of the countries that I'm in. Um, the part that I'm or the service that I'm providing is the technical, uh, you know, reference points for a North American approach that I'm bringing to the table. And, and I, I know that that is just simply restricted and confined to when we get on the ice and when we're on the bench or when we're giving feedback to people. So I always know that my job is not to impose a Canadian way on how they live their life day to day. And you need to, well, 
we can go even deeper than that. We need to, the coach needs to know his own personal values and his own personal coaching philosophy. What are his own strengths and weaknesses? And then he needs to get to know those of his, of his, uh, his athletes. And once you start to develop that relationship and you know their motivations, then you have to look at your players in regards to where are they along their own individual growth and development curve? Like how old are they? Um, what's their level of experience? What level are you coaching at? Um, where are they from their biological perspective, neurological, psychological, social? I mean, these are all areas you need to think about. Um, where, where are you in your own, your own coaching journey? Where's your knowledge? Where's your understanding? Where's your knowledge and expertise on pedagogy? Where can you get better? Are you open-minded or are you fixed-minded? Um, what's your motivation for coaching? Are you being paid or are you volunteer? Are you babysitting? Or is it because your kid is involved? Like these are all, there's so many variables here. You know, it's a, it's a great question. It's just, it's very difficult to kind of answer it. I can only answer it as broadly as that. What familiar tools do you think coaches tend to rely on more than anything else? skills and drills so they're going to put kids in lines they're going to spend an inordinate amount of time explaining something and then they're going to expect perfection right out of the gate they're going to be very dismissive or negative when they see errors are made and overall these are all uh, actions that violate principles of learning and principles of teaching and principles of engagement because you and I both know Richard like we aren't perfect the first time we do something we need to experiment we need to go through trial and error and there's a I said last week learning is not a linear process nor is teaching so there's lots of ebbs and flows ups and downs and as in the teacher education field they try to teach that okay it's very sequential it's very progressive you go from a and you climb the stair to b the next stair to c to d to e to f and then when you're a sport administrator you schedule that in with your calendar at certain times and dates because as we all know everybody fits neatly into these little compact boxes according to our liking and our scheduling which is completely wrong so you know i think we've got to do a lot of looking and a lot of critical thought when it comes back to the pedagogy with the hammer and the nail We've got to get away from the skills and drills. We need to reframe and reimagine, like I said last week, what does the game look like to the to their client, to our participant? At what age? Uh, where are they in their own growth and development curve? Tantalizing bits of our discussions, aren't they? You can reach me, as always, at richard at grassrootsminorhockey.com. Please listen in again on August the 6th. Till then.